0: Hey everybody, what's up? This is Len aka the Bat Tribble of Black Tribbles fame and this is a purple stop on the Michelle Mission as we devote all of June to Prince Rogers Nelson, starting with of course, Purple Rain and as always, I'm joined by my classy co-host uh, it is Vincent Williams of It's All Soul, Wednesdays 8 to 10 g-town radio we are going to review purple rain which is prince's um, his debut film and a a lot of a film and a piece of music that a lot of people consider his uh, masterpiece certainly his most commercially successful uh work um but to say that we have a guest in studio would would not do justice to what's going down because uh, me and Vince uh, were collectively uh, ordered that should we ever <laughs> review Purple Rain <laughs> that we had to have this person in studio with us. It is none other than Dr. Elizabeth AKA Lee Sumter. How are you doing, Lee? What's going on, Lee?
1: AKA the trickster triple. Don't yes, forget.
0: There you <laughs> That's go. True. That's
2: true. I true.
1: Because I thought it was coming with the guest part, like, because she's been here for. You know, Dead Tribbles talking. Tribbles Prime. All I've, I've been here for so many Tribbles shows. True. In all of your locations. So yeah,
0: <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> that's very true. But this is your first stop on the Michaud Mission. It there is my go.
1: first stop on the Michaud Mission. Yes. Yes. I'm excited to be here,
0: and we're excited to have you. i um, just going a little bit behind the curtain. Um, the Michaud Mission originally was going to be a a four person
1: a quadrumphant... Re- <laughs>
0: wow there you go gotta remember <laughs> that for scrabble i made, I made that up <laughs> oh, okay uh, don't remember that for scrabble no, don't <laughs> use that because
1: i mean when you said scrabble i had to let you know <laughs> oh thank you
0: but you know what there's a lot of words that nobody uses yeah. you throw them on scrabble it's a word like boom but uh but the um michelle mission originally was going to be four people sitting in studio under a totally different title a title that lee had created yes which was scanners darkly
1: right scanners darkly which will be making a comeback as well at a later date but it will re-emerge as a podcast with different content completely different content <laughs>
3: okay <All right. laughs> did she did she break up the band and then reform it without
0: us pretty much
3: but
1: that was the plan i was like you know i'm holding on to my name
0: <laughs> and, 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 when, and when that band broke up i said go right ahead. no
1: but it all worked out perfectly you guys should be giving me a little put that on the back right no because we are we gave birth to the show mission Michelle. There you go. Is a, a beautiful project you know there what i mean go. just as it is thank you yeah thank you thank no i love it it's great
0: yeah uh and and lee comes here uh to review purple rain but she's not just coming as our friend because she she is a friend of of vincent's and mine yes um but she comes definitely with uh, some bona fides in the game. Uh, she earned that that uh, title before her name, The Doctor.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: You, because you are... You, now, exactly, you are a doctor. You have an M.D., but you have an MD. <laughs> no, I,
1: don't. Don't have I can't an MD. operate no, on you. No, <laughs> you don't have
0: an MD. But you are a doctor. You're considered a you doctor. You don't
2: want me to do that. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you yeah. don't. I've seen. I've seen her. It's, 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 yeah. It's, yeah. It's no. Scary.
1: I can't. I'm. I'm very blind at that. I. Wear, I have you know corrective vision, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to operate. <laughs>
0: But you, but you, how did you come upon the, the doctor? You are a doctor of what?
1: I am a doctor of mythology and depth psychology. Mm-hmm. Uh, I received my degree from Pacifica Graduate Institute. It's out in Santa Barbara, California, and yeah, so I'm I'm a mythologist. All
2: right, <laughs> contemporary
1: mythologist. My focus is, you know. The, the the 20th and 21st century contemporary like the modern myth you know yes which makes yeah.
3: purple rain a perfect film oh, for God, the, how about just, that
1: it really is but, and that's one of the reasons why I love it so and love him so
0: and love him him being Prince Rogers Nelson yeah. the star of Purple rain yeah Prince in his first motion picture
2: it's so light. Before he created the music, he lived
3: every bit of it.
0: Risked too much
3: for the one thing that meant everything. His music. Prince.
2: The story. The struggle. The movie.
3: Purple Rain.
1: I think, you know, I mean, as we talk about the little backstory, Purple Rain was my first choice during the Scanner Darkly phase. Very mm-hmm. true. That's yeah. right. So I, you know, and I think that's why I collectively ordered, which was some strong <laughs> language there, Len. <laughs> strong language. But no, I did. I, I, I might have suggested that you should bring me back for this one. I if might have strongly my... suggested with yeah.
0: my hand around your neck. Right. Yeah. Yes. Ahead.
1: No. But um, I, I feel like for me. The impact that it had on me um, was was profound, you know, because of what the film embodies uh, through Prince as an artist, as a musician, but also as a dreamer, you know, as a visionary. Mm-hmm. I think that there's so much um, of that marriage in that film and the timing in terms of his life and where he was and how Purple Rain really really helped him to achieve that that mass fame, you know, that that big time acceptance uh, with a public audience that he was seeking, yeah. you know, in terms of his previous albums and the things that he had done before. And at that point, I mean, he was still in his 20s. I mean, he was yeah. mid 20s, like early 20s. So, mm. you know, he was signed, I think, early at 19 with Warner Brothers. Yes, maybe? he was. So he was still so young when he did um like the Dirty Mind and the Controversy albums. And they were so raw and different that people were still trying to figure out who is this guy and you know why is he ringing everybody's bell like what's going on and and i think that this movie is such um you know it's it's such an example of his genius in terms of how he masterminded not just the album but the film and and his fame, you know, it, it was his way of realizing that this is what he needed to do to achieve that notoriety that he was seeking. Uh, the film is a way for people to experience that live music performance, which is where mm-hmm. his genius really shines, yes. you know, so bright. And I think that that's why, you know, for me, I can tell when a movie is my personal classic, my personal favorite because if it's airing at any point, if I'm, you know, in an airport or, you know, just at home and it comes on, you know, a cable channel, I'll stop what I'm doing and I'll watch it. And there's something about how certain films can draw you to sit down and watch. Yeah. And and kind of, you know, make you take pause because you're in, you're like in the witness of this this great. And, you know, for me, he was such. He was on that level with for me, like Bob Marley, you know, like um, Fela Kuti and, you know, these I and, and Michael Jackson. But at the same time, for me, you know, because there's always been this battle between Michael Jackson and Prince. If you know anything about the Soul Slam parties that DJ Spinna does out of New York, <laughs>
2: right, right, right.
1: Um, you know, I'm a big fan of those because I lived in New York for quite some time. And so, you know, the whole thing was like, who who are you repping for? Like, what team are you playing for? And hands down, as you can see in my purple attire today, <laughs> very that, appropriate. Yeah, that I, yeah, I I go for Team Prince all all the time, and. And there's a reason for that, because the thing is, is that I think that checkmate point for the Prince versus MJ is that um, I think it was on the Thriller album, which came out, I think, a month before Purple Rain. Or something not like that. Before, not, yeah. not long before. Not long before, but it was around the same right, right, time. Right, same period. Um, again, and that was like a cinematic movie music experience, you know? Right. And so the thing about that was that, it, and I could be wrong about the guitars, but I know that it was like somebody like one of those big white rockers, like Eddie Van Halen or somebody who played like guitar. It was Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, he yeah. played guitar on the Thriller album. And the thing is, is that Prince was like, you know, his guitar solos, he's a guitar hero. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He definitely is. He's he's in the reign of, of, of Jimi Hendrix, right? Like he follows in that kind of lineage. And I think that, you know, in, in that moment, you got to recognize is that Prince played all his own music. You know what I mean? He, that was one of the reasons why people took him so seriously, as a professional from an early age as he was a teenager because he 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 made a stand that he was going to produce his own records. You know what I mean? Like, his albums, because he could play the keys, he could play the bass, he could play the guitar, he could do it all. And his vocals. And that's the thing about Prince is that Prince can sing. Like, he can have so much range, you know? I mean, there's some people that, like, you kind of give him a pass because you're like, well, I mean, look, I love Alicia Keys, but I'm saying she plays the keys, Right. And some people would argue that sometimes she's not always, you know, it's like maybe she doesn't have the strongest voice. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? But it's something about Prince because he can do it all. Plus, it's like when he's even singing softly, he, it's like Velvet. You know what I mean? So, yeah, Prince and that movie for me. Um, and of course, it was just also the, the camaraderie between the, the players. You know, like it was the revolution. You know yeah, what I mean? Like if, if I if I could do anything, like if I could, you know, say, oh, what would I have liked to do? I would have liked to be a member of the revolution, circa 83 to like 85. You know what I mean? Um, and it was something about that band and the time. And then what was it? The Modern Airs, like... Des, 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 Des Dickerson and Des the Modern Des Dickerson and the Modern Airs. So it was something about like that time at that club, you know, at the First Avenue Club. Like you, that was the thing about this film. It brought you in. You felt like you were part of that scene, like yeah. that local scene I in was Minneapolis. was filmed at there. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, filmed yeah, at was. First Avenue. Like it was, and that was, that was a part of Prince's plan. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? And so there was so much synchronicity, everything coming together for Prince, for the industry, for black music, for Minneapolis, you know, for those bands that he brought along with, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it was it was magic, you know, for me, Purple Rain was was movie magic.
0: The, the, the thing you, you spoke of like a uh, dirty mind and controversy, the, the albums that preceded Purple Rain, the movie, and 1999, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those, his music before was great music. Was, yeah, definitely. It it was definitely great music, but I think the reason why he kind of like really was so captivating with that music is because he defied, his music defied categorizing like he was genre bending yeah because there was a little disco to it but there was definitely funk there there was Mm -hmm. a dirt there was a dirtiness hard edge to the rockiness of it you know what i mean and because it defied that categorizing you you felt this kid because Mm -hmm. he was a kid
1: yeah
0: but you weren't sure what you knew of this kid because because Along with his music, defined categorizing, then there was also just the the visuals that he presented to right, you. Right, you didn't
1: know what he was. Right, you know him right. being and that's like what five,
0: two. You know, black some, is he?
1: White is he? Straight is he? Gay? Yeah,
0: exactly. You weren't sure. So, what was really cool about the whole experience of Purple Rain was that in that album and in that m- movie. He gives you all of it, all together. of it, mm-hmm. every last while, job. also loosely giving you a window into his world because it, it's yeah. it's loosely his biography. It's not right. totally right. his it biography. It is
2: loosely. He
0: play he plays you know he plays a little a little around with the facts, but but the core of it, the essence of it, the troubling um, relationship with his father, right? And the uh, abuse at home, the abuse at home, and right. everything, right. and on all the way to him being. Let's put it let's put it out there. A a bit of a dick to the people around him. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, it is. That's real. That's
1: real. It was his way or the highway. And that was pretty clear with every band member that, you know, they speak adoringly of him um they know they recognize, because they his, recognize genius. his genius yeah right. they recognize that but at the same time um i think i was watching an interview with one of his previous band members the the white woman with the blue eyes um and she was talking about how he chose her specifically because of her looks yeah. but also cuz she could play a funky keyboard but he re- she remembers when his girlfriend came to her hotel room one night or one day whatever whatever time it was but the point is is that you know she basically came with some bikinis and some outfits to say look you know you got to wear this or you're fired. You know what I Mm -hmm. mean? And she had a choice because Prince had this vision. His vision was um it was dramatic it was like i said it was cinematic it was all this you know you were playing these characters he he it was this mythological thing for me you know and that's why i understood like you know you got to play that role and i think she was saying that even in the hotel room he's like you can't go in your birkenstocks down to get to the ice machine you know what i mean or to go even get a cup of coffee like you You got to come in in full-on rocker garb because that's we live breathe this and and and, and that's how it's got to be
3: and and you know not to do too much with because you know you know it is catnip to me like i'll sit here and talk about the music for the next two hours right but that was part of his thing when he signed with warner brothers like he famously said i don't want to be under the r&b side of it like i want a rock budget i want rock and r people i want rock uh publicists because he knew he had more freedom of movement under that so so, you know, even though he knew that I'm, I'm playing Prince music that comes from all of, these different, from genres, all of all yeah. these different genres, he knew that if he wasn't careful, that try they tried to pigeonhole, pigeonhole him. him. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, and and you're right. You know, that goes to, to the clothes that he wore. It goes to the storyline in, in in Purple Rain. You know, I think one of the, the, you know, just to talk about the movie, one of the interesting things that has come out in the past year is people are scrutinizing the story like like the difference between the story and his actual biography right. and a lot of that you know you look at how he you know to your point Lee how he shaped the myth of prince yeah in this movie yeah and 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 you know what what kind of fascinated me is what you just said prince is an asshole I'm sorry the kid is an asshole mm-hmm. in this yes. movie and he's the protagonist and we pull for him. And, and, you know, but like, when you think about this within the context of his, of his body of work, like what we're going to talk about graffiti bridge and um, under the cherry moon, like he's not, you know, he's like a Christ figure in those in the next two films. But in this, he's this really you know, he's troubled, co- like like I guess if you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, like you can say complicated, but yeah. even by the end, like I wrote down my favorite scene in the movie, you, you know sorry, I'm, I'm assuming everybody's seen Purple Rain at the end when he has this great triumph and, and he sings Purple Rain he goes back to the dressing room before he goes back out and before he realizes people are cheering for him, he has this manic moment
2: yeah. In the dressing
3: stage, yeah. After he sang "Purple Rain," so the film's letting you know he's still that dude, right? Like, like this—he's not had this, you know. Yeah, he, he apologized to Apollonia, and then, but he still got that mania in him,
0: and I love that.
1: And you realize he had just dedicated the song to his father, who had just. You know, um, tried to attempt to at suicide, suicide right. and so and it was his father's music. So, well, it was you know Lisa and Wendy, you know, and all that. But the thing is, is that I think what they were saying actually was the Rolling Stone um, article, and I'm sure there were a few, but um, the one that I read basically are saying that uh, one of the producers that was working with Prince at the time said that the film was his way of working out his demons. You know exactly. what I mean? Mm-hmm, and exactly. really, and and it was like his way of um, you know. He was going to put everything, instead of a shrink, he was going to put everything into this film and play it out. And you know what? That happens all the time, that people sure. you know kind of work out things through their music, through their dance, you know, through their creativity. And I think that's what he was doing. And it showed through. That's why, even though he's not an actor, because he was probably tapping into so many emotions and feelings that resonated with him for real... He was able to deliver a performance that felt authentic, you know. And yeah. and that's why I think that even though there was definitely some bad acting in the film, you know what I mean? <laughs> We're um, looking at
0: you, Apollonia.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she she got the thing is the oh, film got Apollonia. Academy Award poor for Best Song. Dumb yes. Apollonia. She got a Razzie for yeah. worst worst yeah. actress. You know what I mean? Like And I know?
3: like Sex Shooter.
1: And that song got worst song. Yeah. And the thing is I like yeah. that song. I like as Sex well. Shooter. Yeah. Shooting ex- off in your
3: direction. Yeah. Come on, kiss come on kiss the, the gun. gun
1: right exactly it was, it was a good one you know what i mean <laughs> for fun for fun because the thing is you would t- when you think about the characters i'm like oh but that's Apollonius thing though you know what i mean with you know with, with the with the ladies and, and
3: that sounds like a song that morse would have put
1: together right true right so well. it all fits and it all works just like you know i mean when you think about it um think about the great musicals like even like the whiz you know what i mean like well actually all those songs were good I mean, you can't really say any, In any
3: In easy, we, we don't talk about the whiz. Oh, because okay. we got to we, we not talk about the whiz. Cause oh, we can't. That's talk. a whole
1: a whole thing. The but anyway, but there's cert, there's certain songs that really um, are much better in context. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like the sex shooter, like it feels. It's so much better in the movie. In the in movie, movie. Yes, yes, yes,
0: yes, yes. Not like you know, three o'clock on WDAS. Yeah, you're like, well, what? Okay. The
1: hell? But now, Nasty Girls is another story altogether. Ooh. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. not like all of them were were missed. There are no. a lot of hits with those girl group songs. You know? Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, the 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 thing about Prince that is so captivating, and and then you know we do need to delve into the movie itself because we're a movie podcast first but the thing about Prince that is so striking for me and why I've always and I I, I do like Michael Jackson I love Michael Jackson I love the Jacksons. I grew up on the Jackson 5 and the Jackson's and I matriculated into Michael Jackson and then some of my favorite music of all time is Michael Jackson music but Prince one that war as you say that Mm -hmm. battle between uh him and michael always to me because prince did everything on his own terms yeah not Mm -hmm. only when you talk about playing the playing his own music and crafting his own his own image and everything like that prince's whole career is about the exploration of a life through music And trying to take you along on that journey with him. Yeah. As opposed to Michael Jackson's music, which as much as I do like it, a lot of it is just trying trying to make you like him.
2: Yeah, either
0: he, either accept him, you yeah. know, you know, find the, the the newer kids doing something for them or everything right, like right, that. Right. It's always looking for looking for the adoration where Prince is just living his life and take this journey with me, take this walk with me. If mm-hmm. you if you, I'm going to give you some stuff you like. I'm going to give you some stuff that you don't like. I'm going to give you something to think about. If you don't want to come, that's fine.
1: It's all right, good. Right.
0: But this is where I'm going.
1: We going to Alphabet Street. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm,
3: I mean, you know, to to your point, I think something, and and like you said, you got to. It, it, it's difficult to to talk about the movie without talking about the music yes. because exactly. it's such they're so intertwined. And I think what is so noteworthy about Purple Rain, I think everybody in this room, like we were there when it happened, and we we're kind of steeped in it. But when you kind of remove yourself and kind of look at Purple Rain objectively. This is a challenging piece of me like just song to song. This is not an album that seems like it should have become a pop hit. I mean, you know, Baby I'm a star is catchy. Um, Take Me With You is catchy. But this is the same album with something like Computer Blue. This is an album Darling Nicky. I mean Darling Nikki. Mm -hmm. Um you don't know, even purple rain like like purple rain it's like, a ballad like it's a ballad but you like it's 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 almost a joke at this point what does purple rain mean like you don't know what the song means uh you know when doves cry has this really complicated kind of um rhythm to it so that i think and there is no
1: bass on that song that was what the, they were saying
3: there's no base to it and and it was
1: different than like anything they've ever heard all,
3: and it's purple but it's purple rain and you kind of think oh what well, is purple rain and you know certainly in retrospect it's easy to say oh this is this pop thing but this was not a guaranteed thing when it happened and i think right. you're right like prince said i'm going to do this on my terms and yeah. you know hopefully the people dig it and if they don't hey
1: prince yeah, that that's what it was because that was the whole criticism of When Doves Cry because, and that was the first single they released from the album.
2: First yeah, single? The first single. Right. It was first the first single. single
1: and it was the first one, I think it it hit some billboard charts and everything, so oh, yeah. it, it did extremely well and it changed music at that point because it didn't have a baseline um, and then on top of that, it was the lyrics, like he was talking about maybe I'm just like my mother, you know, or my father and it's all this kind of stuff that was incorporating um, his his angst and mm-hmm. his struggle like mm-hmm. his inner struggle mm-hmm. um, and then like you said the thing about Darling Nikki was that Darling Nikki had a lot of criticism so while Dove's Cry hit the roof and did so well and was well received Darling Nikki a lot of people don't remember but it was because of that song and some of Madonna's rants that got that parental advisory stuff going down with Rant. the record albums. yeah yeah and that was the first time because and it was Tipper Gore I think they had all these like yeah. re- like yeah. These yeah. hearings oh, yeah. Con- yeah. to say that look you know and she was the main person saying like you know she bought it because she thought he was a teen sensation and then all of a sudden this woman is masturbating you know naked with a magazine you know in a hotel lobby what's going on? on you know exactly exactly so yeah that caused problems for everybody with censorship moving down the line but
0: but prince giving giving you all everything that he was giving you before he was giving you it all in purple rain exactly right i mean right exactly
1: and it reached such a wider audience that people were shocked because they were like wait a second like this is the range but hold on this guy he's is racy stuff Yeah, it's it's, it's racy stuff but you
0: couldn't but as much as you felt the lyrics you know, you you know, Tipper Gore, she heard those lyrics, but you know, she was she listened to that song about four or five times before she started complaining about it because right. she was feeling it. She was like, right. she mm, was like, "Yo, Al, pet. check this out!"
1: Right, right. And that's the thing about Prince is that he was not just trying to be inclusive around you know race, you know. And, and class and he wanted to create this big community where every, you know, just think about the new power generation and the revolution and the idea of, like you said, unlike MJ, like the solo pop star, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and that's post, of course, the Jackson 5 and all that. But I'm saying like, you know, he really was about creating a creative community, uh, a musical community that shared his vision. And that he could, you know, jam with. Because that was a big part of his music creation process, I think, that jam session that he yeah. would do. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so a lot of, you know, I think I don't know, I'm 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 just thinking, like you said, it's very hard to separate this film from the music, especially when you realize that, you know, the birth of Purple Rain came. You know, it happened on tour for the 1999 tour. Mm-hmm. He got the ideas for the film, and he basically was saying, "Like, look, I want to turn this into something." And it and the music was was everything. The music yeah. was the foundation. Yeah. Right. You wouldn't have Purple Rain without the music,
2: right?
3: Well, well, so many of the scenes in the film, like like you see how the the music kind of you know, I, I don't think this is is technically a musical. Like like there no, there aren't not. there aren't plot points in the music, but the music. Absolutely, kind of catalyzes action in this thing. Whether it's yeah. him, you know, seducing her with the beautiful ones, or you, you know, his father playing computer blue mm-hmm. on the piano and that calms him down. You know, of course, darling Nikki, which sends her into a <laughs> spiral of of embarrassment. But yeah. but yeah, you 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 can. I I absolutely agree with you. Like the music is the movie, and the movie is the music, yeah. and, and it's that,
1: Prince,
0: too. and it's Prince, and it's the community, like you said, that he he. He uh, created around this uh, the music, the community that he had in Minneapolis, right. where he filmed right, this right, film, right. where a lot of um, and his basically his troupe that he had. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it should be noted that while Apollonia is the female lead in this film, it originally was supposed to be Van yeah, yeah. yeah, but she quit. But she had, yeah. she quit. Yeah, um, so um, offered it to Jennifer Beals. He did. He did. Oh, but he
1: did. she she was going to school. She was she
0: was yeah. she yeah. she, was, she was at like Yale. Exactly. She's
1: like, I got to finish my studies. It would have been it
0: would have been interesting to see Jennifer Beale in this though. I could see Jennifer Beale.
1: I I can see no other, but Apollonia. I mean, because it's almost like Prince and Apollonia. It's just it's just like, no. It's Is like
3: it, it, this probably like we probably shouldn't talk about Lake and Taka. That's not a go ahead. There. Go go. I'm I'm just saying that's it. That's Apollon-
0: Apollonia's moment. That's Apollonia's moment. That's Apollonius.
1: But it's just her name even. You know what I mean? It's something about the two of them and, and it was a it was a moment in time.
0: Okay. I yeah. hear you, but you're talking about like talking yeah. talking about the film itself. Yeah. There's no chemistry between her and, and Prince. There's no chemistry between Apollonia and anyone in this film. Apollonia is not a good actress. And thus she does not and 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 unfortunately her bad acting you know you know leaks off the screen even
1: i wouldn't say it's that bad i have to disagree and like i know i might be a little biased i don't think it's that bad it's like it's like the last dragon with vanity and and um what's his name
3: don't get me wrong did you bring that up because you you listened to the episode like she did like is she messing with you right now don't 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 get me wrong you know that's one of his triggers. Uh, uh, vanity. <laughs> oh, that's his. Is that I, his I, 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 oh, I, I love oh. myself some vanity, but No, me. the last dragon is one of his triggers. The
0: last van. The di-
1: last
3: dragon.
0: Oh lord. It, I'm not even going to go there. Oh lord. Even, okay. so, somebody give him a mint or or <laughs> put not, a spoon in his I'm mouth. He's going to swallow his tongue. I'm not <laughs> even going to go there. Um, but uh 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 Apollonia, it, it you know okay. she doesn't really have a lot of chemistry with Prince. The chemistry in the. Did you see in that
1: sex scene? I mean, I mean, I'm just saying that was one of the things that I was not, I, I was not allowed to watch because at the time, you know, it came out in 84. Yeah. yeah. So that was the big thing. That was the first like real sex scene I seen. That was just Now, which like... sex
0: scene are you talking about? Are you talking about in the, in, in the hay or are you talking about. Oh like... no. In his
1: bedroom. In the which bedroom. 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 The, that the, was the one. That, that was the yeah, one. <laughs> the
0: one I realized that
3: I don't know if I've seen this film
2: the untainted
3: version in probably
0: ten years, like
3: okay. I, you
2: know, you no, watch that it on was, that cable, you watch it on V. Like, it I was, is it steamy?
0: Scene. I was like, whoa, that was steamy. I don't know. I was, it's steamy <sighs> because of Prince. It's not steamy. Apollonia is there.
1: Wow. Apollonia. Is okay, there. okay, okay, okay,
0: I, I'm okay. I'm sorry. I'm just being real. All right, just right. real. The the chemistry in this film is really the friction between Western. the kid. And Morris Day, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, that's yeah. the chemistry. That's the, that's, that's that's oh, the yeah.
1: that, that that's part of the beauty. That's
0: the, the film, electricity yeah. in this film. Yeah. Um, and and when you think about it, when you watch this film again, Morris Day, as much as he is in your memory banks with this film, he's not in a whole lot of the film.
1: Oh, but he's a Steen's. But he he steals. He- Every he's, single... He is he's actually stealer. the
3: best thing in the if, film. If Prince is not playing Jerome, music... Like, unless Prince... And I think the film says that. Like, like with this push and pull between Morse and the kid in Apollonia, the kid always has to play music. Yeah, because otherwise, oh Morse is unstoppable.
1: Yeah, he's good. He was so much fun, and, and uh, it was just... It was such a... And it wasn't even, like, comedic relief. Like, he really just was like... I don't know. He had such charisma and I loved the relationship with him and Jerome and just, you know, just the fun they would have. Oh, yeah.
3: yeah. You wanted to. You, you wanted, wanted to be like, I want to be their friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I like, want to yeah. be their friend. And, you
1: know, he played drums for Prince's first yeah, band. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. So they, they were, you know, I mean, he played drums. I guess it was called Grand Central or something. Yeah, uh, right? yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So he had bands prior to Prince and the Revolution, obviously just before his first album and that was um you know morris day and we were, were buddies and he produces he produced the time and uh vanity six well
3: what prince said is that you, you know prince wrote all the music and so you know the vanity six music the tom music yeah, the all. bangles like, the, well right but just in the, in, the, in in
0: this, this movie, movie oh, right in the
3: movie, yeah. and what prince always said about the time is that you know again in in
0: culture kings is a podcast on the how stuff works network hosted by comedians jacques neal and edgar Montplacier. The best way to eat a taco. Oh! What's the best way to eat a taco? That's with your hands.
3: With your hands. Also with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall
0: off. Can't have falling lettuce.
3: I'm going back to your forte about these people sort of creating their own mythology. And Prince always said that the Prince stuff was the Prince stuff like everything that we've just said about you know the the, the androgyny and the this that and the other and the time was that Minneapolis Midwest pimp persona yeah that wasn't Prince
1: which needed to be there so he yeah. kind
3: of created this whole thing with the time yeah. so that you know more like you said more and was Jimmy the Jam drummer. and
1: Terry Lewis like they kind of fit into they, that well vibe. they right they yeah. come
3: out of that but so I think part of the reason. You're kind of drawn to to Moore's Day, and that whole is that's that's kind of their thing. Like that's the point. Like he's actually and so there. good at it. He's there to seduce us, yes. And you know, I guess put us on a stroll, and <laughs> he, he did. You know, make your next choice your best choice.
0: He did, even though it is troubling, and I, it just hit me like a uh, like a uh, like a brick. The scene where him and Morris Day come up upon. Uh, the chick there. yeah, and put it in the trash can oh my god i'm so glad you
1: guys said that.
0: yeah because that
3: really watching I, no
1: one usually talks about that because it's, you
0: because you don't want to talk about it yeah. well you because you know when you because i know when i saw it in 1984 you're just laughing all the way ha, ha, ha,
1: ha. right but no, when they you, straight threw her ass in the trash can yeah.
0: but not only do they throw her in, in the trash can the whole dialogue before that is just very dismissive it like about pimp, it. Right? Yeah. Well, it. It again, was, yeah. these are Midwest.
3: Like, yeah. these are the pimp dudes.
0: But it really hits you. It hits you a little hard. And yeah. it, it dates the film a little bit. Absolutely. Because, oh, definitely. absolutely. because if you put that in a movie now, that character, Morris Day and Jerome, have to have some kind of comeuppance for that act somewhere in the movie. Right. And
1: if not, you're looking at the director or the writer like, what was this exactly. about? Like, exactly. Why, you're questioning like, why? What's wrong with you? right. yeah. And it. and
0: you read those characters differently. totally differently, yeah. right? Totally yeah. different going going forward. Yeah. But the, there, you know, you're just wrapped into their whole chemistry and everything like that. It really hit me like yeah. a ton of bricks this time. No,
1: that that was definitely you know, and it was almost out of place. Well, to a certain extent. I mean, when we look at the the violence and the, the abuse that's happening, you know, briefly between. Prince, Prince and, and Apollonia. The Apollonia, yes. Yeah, like we know that this is because of a part of a cycle of violence and right, experiencing right, at right. home, but that little side step that happened, like that side scene with the dumpster and the woman, like that was just completely on its own in yeah. an isolated moment right. just just wrong. And <laughs> it's
0: so early in the film, you know that part of that, they're using that scene to kind of introduce you to these characters and who these characters right. are about. Right. And right. that's kind of troubling right? Yeah, to have that you know, floating in the back of your head as you're watching them the rest
3: of the film. Yeah, well, no, I, true. I, I think, like you said, I think that's part of this. You know, it kind of makes it, um, it, it makes it an, an artifact of its moment. Yeah, like, like it really was. You, you know, 1984. It's played for laughs, and 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 we do sort of see Jerome and and Morse. As these kind of rogue elements, mm-hmm. and, and you know they're they're kind of fun and this that and the other, and and you know, and then you know they don't mean no harm with these women. But I think you're right that this if when you see this with modern eyes, it situates like again Prince is is well on record the whole time persona Midwest hustler, and I think in 1984 you you know you watch this stuff and it's kind of funny, ha ha. Even something like the Mac, but in 2016, it does read a little bit differently. Having said that, and and this is what I thought you were about to say, Lee, when you said the little side, again, I'm fascinated by how Prince, the the artist, Mm -hmm. who makes Purple Rain the movie and kind of, again, tells you that this kid is sort of me.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. I'm fascinated with how it doesn't really flinch from, as you said, this cycle of abuse that that you know the kid practices, and the fact that they don't say like abusers often do: "It's a one-time thing. I'll never do it again. I just got angry because he hits her twice." Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's the first time when she says, "I'm join, joining Morris's band," and then it's the second time where he kind of triumphantly goes and gets her, and then yeah. she's drinking. And he slaps her again. And I... I, I when they're like
1: under the under When they're under the bridge. Yeah. yeah.
3: And I love... You know, I don't know... And, you know, I, I think anytime you say something with Prince and you say, I don't know if he did it on purpose, I always lean to, of course he did it on purpose because it's Prince. But the <laughs> fact that, again, there's no real resolution to that part of his character. Right. Like, you know, this this is in me. My father, you know, it's sort of like the sins of the father our visit and, and it's still in me to again the first thing i said which it struck me so much this time i watched it after his triumph after purple rain now he's about to take his victory lap he still got that crazy in him
1: You know, and that's interesting you say that because I think that even though there might not have been a very clear resolution to that in the film, from things that I've read, they kind of point to the fact that in that final montage, remember when he's doing like the final encore after Mm -hmm. Purple Rain and Let's Go Crazy and like, you know, Baby I'm a Star was going down. So during that montage at the very end, uh, they show him like, stacking his father's uh music and stuff in the basement and apollonia is there and he's like throws her the earring or something like that so what what that simple scene is supposed to suggest you know for some at least some were trying to like close the circle and make it right right
2: right, right, um
1: i think that was saying that like you know what he he's kind of packing away he's unpacked it remember because everything was all right, over the right, place so right, symbolically right. the him kind of organizing his father's things after they had kind of been grappled with you know i think it's saying that he's he's working towards resolution to that you oh, know yeah. what I mean? he's kind of yeah. put it in its proper place so to right, speak right. but then with her present there he's also working it through that with her and she's standing by him you know what i mean i read that i read it that way i'm too. hoping so that's that's what i'm thinking hey That's what I want to believe. I did
0: did read it that way.
1: Yeah. I I, I want to read it that
3: way too. I know that Negro was crazy in that back room going back and forth.
1: Oh, he's
2: still
0: crazy.
3: But the
1: thing is, you know, we've always talked about and I say we, but I'm saying collectively, you know, Mm -hmm. like society talks about um, the very close relationship or fine line between genius and madness. Absolutely. You know, and I think that um, while Prince really wanted so much to have this community around him and he wanted fame and recognition, you know what I mean? He did, he wanted to be a rock star. You know, that's what he was aiming for by, you know, masterminding this Purple Rain, like, takeover. You know, when, at the height, that was, like, his golden age. Those, like, yeah. That, was it. Oh, yeah, that was it. And so during that time, I think that, you know, for him, it was also an internal struggle because he was also someone who was, wanting to be alone like having to spend like a lot of time i i and you know sad but true because again you know it's really sometimes it, i don't know about y'all but it hits me hard sometimes like i'm still in, in the bereavement moment.
0: Oh, of the passing yeah of oh, yeah of the yeah. of his passing
1: oh, no so, doubt yeah so for me it's like when i read about some of his last moments and like the fact that he was living at paisley park prop pretty much by himself yeah. and then like in all that big like how many acres and rooms and stuff he was living like in a smaller apartment by himself like in some part of the home and i feel like or the estate rather but it was it's it seems to me that with the fact that he really was such an original and he was such an innovator and a trailblazer that in order to say my way or the highway and really stand by that and understand that you are kind of You know, putting yourself out there as a certain kind of character, a certain kind of personality that is challenging to work with. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and I think because of that, it might have paved a very solo path for him in some ways of his life, you know, in terms of his life. So I think that when you spend a lot of time alone, you know, and I think that worked for Michael, but he went a little on the other side. You know what I mean? Like he and, and that's the thing. It's like that stardom can be such a heavy burden for people and the thing on one hand they really want it they really want that fame and then on the other end it's like there's such a sacrifice so i feel like you know i don't know if it's fair to call him crazy um but again what was the line and let's go crazy about you know but anyway the point is is that you can't blame him you know oh, no. can't blame him for everything he was going through i think that um that's kind of par for the course for for People like him. And he's a very rare breed. Yeah. 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 I don't know very if we'll rare. see anything like that no, again. No, I don't think so. Not, I mean, I, not in my
2: lifetime. No. Mm-mm.
0: That being said, there are disturbingly a, a, too many scenes of the back of his motorcycle revving up and then driving off. Um, the director of this film, Albert Magnoli, mm-hmm. um he, he he, inconsistent. I'll put it that way in his direction of this movie. There are some scenes that are actually very well done, or some um, actually some shots that are well orchestrated. There's a, a very cool scene where, um, uh, uh, I think it's uh, I think it's Apollonia comes out on the fireplace and it looks down,
2: yeah, onto mm-hmm. Prince,
0: well, and then he's on I,
1: the bike, yeah,
0: like yeah, that's a very cool scene
1: in the alleyway Uh, yeah Mm -hmm.
0: exactly uh and then like the whole there's a whole when he goes running into his house into the house with with the the pop yeah that that's a very powerful yeah right it seems so
1: frantic right like you're right with him
0: yeah you are you are there you are in that whole whole scenario That whole scene that is like really some powerful stuff um and and of course all of the all of the um, the musical numbers, which were filmed, at almost like a concert film. It at, yeah. it, it, it it was because it was it, a concert. Yeah. It was yeah that they cut into the film. Um, it, that's all, you know, well done. But it's it's a concert. You shoot in a concert. You know, you shoot right. the whole thing and you let it show. Um, the movie aspect of it gets a pass um, because of. The music, and because of the aura of Prince mm-hmm. and everything like that, um, but it, but sp- strictly as a as a movie, while I think you should see it, I think you're seeing it for the music. You're turning your head off. Well, you know, story wise,
3: I, I think I think in a lot of ways, this is the quintessential example of the kind of crisis that a lot of these movies went through at this moment, where you can see. The kind of MTV influence mm. with the quick cuts and, 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 you know, all of these things. Mm-hmm. And, and it's fighting with this sort of traditional film. And, and, you know, like I think Purple Rain is interesting from this viewpoint, like looking at it, you know, like, like the shots of Minneapolis. And in the shots of, you you know, like the outside, the exterior of his house Mm -hmm. or, you you know, like that, that early shot where, you know, it's like Morse vacuuming and, 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 you know, it's, it's like this very natural, you know, you know, this very, this, this specific place. Because, you know, as we've said, this was shot in Minneapolis and it kind of fights with the video shooting. So, you know, whether it's it's the montage that 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 you were just talking about at the end, Lee, mm-hmm. w- you, you know, where he does baby I'm a star or or or, you know, the the scene of when doves cry that if you remember, that's almost shot by shot, the video yeah. for when doves cry. And I think you're right that it is kind of jarring if mm-hmm. you're looking at it like that. But, you know. You know it's 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 interesting and 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 Lee, I, I forget your roommate's name, but but when we talked about this the first time, she said that she, wait,
1: wait, wait. oh Amber, mm-hmm. Amber,
3: she said she, you know, she either hadn't seen it or she saw it for the first time.
1: I don't think she had seen it,
3: and and we were talking about it, and it was it was we had a fact like you know I think I you know we're waiting for 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 our session to start to tape, and we were talking
1: right, and
3: it was fascinating talking to someone.
1: Who had never seen it. Who wasn't
3: totally submerged in this experience. Right. And I think something like what you're talking about Lynn, where it is kind of jarring in, in the movie making, like from, from the perspective of actual movie making, does it, like like even doing this, like even right now as we're talking about it right now in real time, it's difficult for me to critique it like that because I get sucked back in. Cause you know, again, like, like for our younger listeners, I don't think you can explain to people how, however present this was mm-hmm. and is, you, you know, like mm-hmm. it really is like the images and the music and the personalities and, and the whole thing was just sort of overwhelming with the way it took over popular culture. So mm-hmm. that's something like that what you're talking about I can't even like I can't even put my hands around it
0: that's true and like like Lee started to say like this music was such and the movie was such a um an an explosion upon the scene that the prince' essence started to take over. Mm-hmm. pop culture. and When he started writing for the Bangles, and right. he did, did music, all of a sudden he was doing Sheena Easton, and he was doing Madonna. And it, 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 pr- Prince was
2: everywhere. It was sprinkling,
1: and it was also being... Cross-pollinated by the, I think he fired Teddy Jam and Terry Lewis from right. the time, yes. and they started producing for like Janet Jackson, right? Other people, up. so that sound that, that sounds, they had right. been that in Minneapolis homes, sound, that, yeah. yeah, that started spreading through other artists because you know Prince had set them free. And they started doing their thing. Yeah, yeah they you know started
0: I mean? doing it like their Minneapolis. Yeah, it's like, like the
1: Philly sound. You know what I mean? Right. It's just yeah. like it. It was infectious like that, and it spread right. like that.
0: Right. Yeah. Know? It had right. its moment. It, it, you're 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 right. That's a very good analogy because it. Why thank you, Len. That had a, <laughs> its moment just like the Philly sound. It really it really did with Janet Jackson and with Mint Condition mm-hmm. and all of those acts. It, it 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 started permeating out there like that, and it it it, it all goes back to Prince. All roads lead back to Prince Rogers Nelson.
3: And, they and, do. and the explosion that we're talking about all goes back to Purple Rain. Yes. Purple like, Rain. Like, you know, certainly and as we've said, and you know, hopefully everybody knows this because everybody went out and bought everything. He had albums before Purple Rain. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but this, it really was this, you know, again, I, I, I use the word explosion and I'm very comfortable with it. It was an explosion and then it like y'all, you know, it pollinated everything. Right. And, you know, that moment lasted for 10, 15 years.
1: And I think it was so resonant because of its. I mean, obviously the music, but it was also that symbolism, the imagery, his vision. It was so coherent, you know what I mean? There was that like alignment of everything and I feel that because of that sexuality that he had that he was so unabashed about and he was able to you know present himself on screen in ways that while he was on MTV there was a few black artists that were on MTV at that time like Michael Jackson whatnot but I think that he was able to through that film show what he was really all about in terms of how he could command this audience, how he was such a performer, how he did have all these gifts, but yet he was rocking these heels and and loving up on that beautiful woman, you know what I mean? So it was just like, he kind of reaffirmed not only his masculinity, you know, in that sense of him as this, this male lead and this lover, but at the same time, you know, he was dancing. I mean, I could not dance in heels the way he was doing it. You know what I mean? I don't think too many people can. And that was the thing. Not was, a lot. No. Yeah. No. It was the Maybe way that Maybe James he was, Brown, that's it. Well, and that's the thing. He was influenced by James Brown, you know, Sly and the Family Stones. That's why the revolution was like you know it was like I think at some point the comparison was a cross between Fleetwood Mac and Sly and the Family Right Stones. the Family
3: Stone and the multi racial yeah because the, the
1: multi mm-hmm. because he and he did that by design Yes. and that's why he had told you he told the, the white woman with the blonde uh, blonde hair and blue eyes who played the keys that like you know. Because she was kind of trying to figure out, well, why me, you know? And I think she point blank asked him that question, and that was his response, you know? And hey, you're like, all right, it's cool with me, you know? (laughs) Um, And then, like, that was a part of everyone having an image, you know, like whether you're the doctor, the surgeon, or whatever it's gonna be, you know, I mean, that was a part of what he was about. And he was playing these characters, and can I read a quote from this? Go ahead. Rolling Stone. Yeah, 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 because now I'm thinking about it. I was looking to see if I could find it. Um, Where is it? Where is it? So he said, um, and this is said about Prince in the Rolling Stone article, he was rock's greatest trickster figure. The trick being that you could become whatever you imagined a rock star to be or he could. Am I black or white? Am I straight or am I gay? He asked in one of his songs. The only answer was yes. He shifted his voice from male to female and shrouded himself in mystery and impeccably tailored clothing, which he, when he chose to wear clothing at all, selling fantasy in his music and image. Those fantasies, and for me, I'm reading mythologies, were outrageously sexual and passionately religious, sometimes at the same moment. Rock and roll had always crossed the sacred and the profane, so he upped the ante to the apocalyptic and the pornographic. More than any other 80s star, Prince brought the dreams of rock and roll past into the present. He wore Jimi Hendrix's coat, sported Little Richard's mustache, mastered James Brown's dance moves, and he did all this over the drum machine beats showing how the impulses of history could t- be turned into the sound of the future and this is a quote dearly beloved we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life he intoned at the beginning of purple rain turning the album that catapulted him to superstardom into a pop marriage ceremony whether the people listening were black or white whether they were straight or gay they were now bonded their union consecrated by his music and to me that was like the dopest quote on so many levels, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because for me, I was like, well, you know, I, I love Prince on so many levels as a musician as as a pop star but it was like I was trying to figure out why for me he ranks at the tippy top you know and why his music is so powerful and I think it is because he is that archetypal figure and what did they say now, the first time I ever heard them call him the trickster and as you know just to recap I am the trickster triple. so <laughs> for me that makes it even even more better you know what I mean in terms of why I love him so much and you know I almost like you know shed a little tear on the subway over here reading cause I was like you know I never really heard it like that. And also the the speaking to the apocalyptic and the pornographic and the marriage of that. And for me, like I said, I mean, you know, my thing is mythology. And I wrote my dissertation on apocalyptic film. And so, you know, from 1999 to Sign of the Times to even Seven, which is a song that not a lot of people like remember. But I love so much because it was so uh, symbolic and it was, you know, so it it was such great imagery, you know, and it speaks to his upbringing, you know, with the... um, not Jehovah's Witness, but the, uh, his parents were, uh, what, what do they have to say, it?
0: Advent, uh, at, at, uh, a- Adventist.
1: Yeah, yeah, Adventist. Yeah, and they were heavily into, and then he became a, Jehovah's yeah, but, but yeah. the thing about that, which is, you know, which totally makes sense, is that, you know, I knew he had a religious background, but I didn't know about that event, his faith and what that was all about. But they were heavily uh, focused on the book of revelations and the Bible. And he was saying that this he steered away from that because that religion was based on fear. And so for him, you know, what he did with that 1999 was turn the apocalyptic into a celebration, you know, and yeah, that's what they were saying yeah. into, you know, in, in this article was that, you know, that was his departure uh, from that particular faith of his upbringing, but then you know he brought it into another realm, and for him spirituality was very closely connected to sexuality, you know. Right, right. And for him, sexuality was you know no holds barred. He was a pansexual, as someone said, you know, yeah. which I've never heard, but all uh, right, I'll go with it. <laughs>
0: I've, I've I've heard of it. It's it's it's. And it's, I said pan p a n. right? yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's um again, this is another reason why Prince, you know. It's hands down one of the icons of the 20th century, yeah. Because he, um, because his music, as much as it was about him, it wasn't. It 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 was still about us in life. Right. It was still. It was still a man exploring things, trying pulling living life and trying to tell you what he's a what he's finding in um in his in his journeys and putting it out there in his music. Much in the w- the same way as um uh, an- another uh legend that we lost earlier this year David da- Bowie. Da- David Bowie yeah. You know. Uh, I think there's a reason why um as as heartfelt as the loss of some some Greats like Michael Jackson, right? Um, uh, ha- have, have been there's just something a little, a little like soul shattering when somebody like David Bowie and Prince pass. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah, oh, it yeah. was
1: rough. I went to a David, I mean, there were so many tributes for Prince as well, but I mean, I I went to it, it was around my birthday. Um, so I went to a David Bowie tribute party. At uh, the Roomba Bar or something like that, but they played Ziggy Stardust and we like put the lightning bolt across our faces right, and right, everything. Right, right. But it was like a spiritual experience, like yeah. kind of being a part of that. And I was just really would hope to get to some of that stuff. So they did play Prince's Purple Rain um, in you know all AMC theaters for like a few days. I yeah, think right. it was oh, yeah. like a couple yeah. Of weeks. Yeah, a couple say, weeks yeah. they did. Yeah, so you know th- that was important. But the thing about David Bowie and Prince is that I think it was said that. Um, In one of his last final performances, he played Heroes by David Bowie after his passing as a tribute to him. And they were saying that because of the lyrics of Heroes, it really speaks to like fame and, and, you know, Mm -hmm. being this public figure and like having that be a way to kind of claim your immortality. And also at one of his last performances, I think he began his encore. It was actually his final performance at the encore. He began it with uh, "Sometimes It Snows in April," Mm. and he ended it um, with "Purple Rain." I guess he did three songs in the encore. Um, And so, but it was just that you know, and that was I think the show where he said, you know, "Save Your Prayers From Me." That's the one that
0: that he did at Paisley
2: Park. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you know, it was just really you know, and I think that all the greats that have that kind of like like Hendrix and folks who Mm. have this really kind of spiritual tie to you know and this this resonance with the cultural consciousness you know where they really represented something so much more that was transcendent i think bowie did that as well yeah and the thing is bowie and prince had this kind of gender bending like you know exactly. rock yeah. oh, soul yeah. fusion exactly. thing going on together and and prince is the first like rocker of color to do that you know what i mean right and do that in such a way where he had you know no apologies and i think that I just feel that, you know, and even with civil rights leaders like, you know, uh, Malcolm X, you know, MLK, like these folks kind of have a sense, I think, when their time is coming. And even though he might have said, you know, holding those prayers, I think, you know, from from the things I've read and in, in the in the interviews, you know, people get a sense that he knew what it was and he knew. But also, I think he was so connected to faith that you feel like he he's going to be okay. You know what I mean? Like in his transition that he was okay because you worry about that, you know, even though you, you don't know these people personally. And I, can I share a little Prince story when I didn't meet him? It's brief, but I was in the room when he was on the phone with a friend of mine who was actually temporarily serving as his uh, security service. Wow. And okay. he was there for the BET awards in California mm-hmm. when I was living out there. And he was staying at the, and this is staying at the Beverly Hills Hilton. I mean, hotel, not Hilton, but it was a hotel, a fancy hotel. And, um, uh, I forget why I was there, but long story short, um, he, all I heard, and I was hoping to get a glimpse of him, but all the closest I got was hearing, overhearing the conversation of him, ordering a chocolate frappuccino from starbucks and that was, <laughs> that was about it that's all i got that's dope yeah but yeah. that's the closest i like, can he was he was we shared a wall with the right, hotel right, room. right right but right. you know i didn't get to see him because right, god forbid right. god you know, forbid yeah. yeah god forbid i got to see him damn but you know that but i did see him twice at madison square garden like i did okay. see his concerts i did oh, see the I've, musicology show i've seen yeah. him twice i yeah. saw him twice yeah i
0: saw i've seen him wow i've seen him twice too yeah, yeah.
1: twice madison yeah. square garden it was amazing
0: incredible um we went a little bit of a field of the movie i think you can read our overall impressions of the film purple rain i think it's definitely one that you should watch You sure. should definitely sure see. it's a must see must definitely um and i think the reason one of the other reasons why we went a, a field and in more into an appreciation of prince's career and prince the man here on this episode of the michelle mission is because that in our uh Two following episodes um doing the the movies of Prince uh under the Cherry Moon, and especially with Graffiti Bridge, it may be a different type of conversation well on those films
3: well you know and and they said you know of the three films <laughs> that he made, this is the one that he didn't direct, yes, and you know i I think just <laughs> i mean just logistically, this would be the one where he had the least power in how this thing is put together. So, so you know, just a preview what I'm kind of looking forward to in the conversations about Graffiti Bridge and Under the Cherry Moon is how you begin to see that balance collapse. Like I think part of what makes right. what, what, what makes Purple Rain resonate is that there's just enough checks and balances to make it a real movie. That it works. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you you know, I, I think under the Cherry Moon and certainly Graffiti Bridge are, we've moved into indulgence.
0: Oh.
1: Right.
3: And, but,
0: but, that's, that's, that's a story. That's for another show. That's for another show.
1: But I'm so glad to hear that you're doing, like, a, a tribute month to him because obviously he's a Gemini, one of the best. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, um, yeah, it's doing- a great time to celebrate his films, all of them. Yeah, yes. of course. And
0: yes. it's all, and always, another good reason is because it is june and june is designated black, black music black mom, music mom.
1: which i did not know well then there hip hip
0: go. hooray so we're doing right for, for print so okay. you've got coming your way under the cherry moon graffiti bridge and then we will tie it off with a, another black film featuring a print soundtrack yes uh, girl then, six girl six yes that's right right on all right mm-hmm. um but lee This has been so much fun. Absolutely. This has been
1: fun, guys. Little reunion. Yeah, Nice. It was was lovely. It's a late night reunion, too. Very true. Very true. The sun has set. The sun sun
0: is deeply set. It's about to come back. (laughs) Right. Um, Uh, if people want to try and get a hold of you, they like, they like what they're hearing here on the Michelle mission. They want to be in the business with Dr. Lee Sumter. How should they do so?
1: Well, I've been warned against giving my email. I heard the last episode. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Well, so I am currently not a social media person, as you know, from like the last two years, but I am making like a reemergence. I will find my way back on there, but for now, um, You know, come holler at me in West Philly, you
3: know. There you go. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's where I'm you at. <laughs> come holler at her in West Philly. Holler
1: at me in West Lay! Philly. <laughs> Lay! Lay! <laughs> 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 yes, d- did you call? Yes. <laughs> no, yeah.
0: Um... So we've done Purple Rain. So. But,
1: but no, on that note, I will have, maybe I'll come back for a triples thing and um, share my news because I have more stuff to report on, but right now. Most certainly.
0: You well, know. you know, you're I'm, always I'm, in, I'm
1: underground. I'm in the lab right now. You know what I mean?
0: You are always welcome <laughs> on any, at any time on when the triples get together or, or anytime you can always come down to the studio.
1: It's been fun. I should plug the Black Star Film Festival since we're doing film. Yes, you should. Can Absolutely. I, may I? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so I am also um, on the board of directors for the Black Star Film Festival by ND means Nessar. we are rocking it out we expect like 4,000 people this summer it's going to be in West Philly um, mostly at the International House but we have events at the Kimmel Center and other places Um, it's August 4th through the 7th Um, we always have it in August it's usually towards the end of the summer but it's going to be a great one you can check us out at blackstarfest.org and get the full rundown of the calendar of events and all good things happening but You know, you guys are film guys, so I hope to see you there. We hope to be there. Yes, Yes. absolutely. We
0: certainly do. Um, And the invitation is out there. We've done Purple Rain, but if there's another movie that you're begging to give such a critical review, just let us know and we will Book you a spot in our third book seat. Book
1: me, book absolutely. me. Okay, sounds good, fellas. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been absolutely. lovely. You're
0: very welcome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the show, as you know, is available on the showmission.com as well as on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and every place a good podcast be, including on the Black Tribbles Podcast Network. For Vince and for Lee, this is Len. And parting, we say... We'll see you when it's time to meet again.
1: Bye. No kiss.
2: That's what Linda does. That's his thing.